Ladies and gentlemen, we have very important news today. I've got a hat. It's a very nice hat. It's a very large hat. Cue when I was ordering track. this thing. Cue the laugh track, Joe. Yeah. When I was ordering this thing, I literally, I thought it was like a good three inches or two inches smaller, like in di in radius. This thing is massive. <laughs> I look ridiculous. Joe, anyway. you look like you're gonna go on a vacation. Um, yeah, it's like a. I, going forget, to the I beach forget what the actual in? hat is called, but. Anyway, sorry, we're starting a little bit late today. Uh, a lot sooner than last week last week was all sorts of messed up but uh well we just we just we decided to do it on a whim this time yeah we, this, this time, time it was a planned. Little bit planned yeah just a little bit joe forgot to eat so yeah <laughs> well it's hard because i have a class right before it and but anyway we're chilling we got some news to cover uh there's been some cracks found in the international space station in the i think it's called the zaria module so we're going to talk about that. Uh, we're going to talk about mining on the moon. Uh, I've got Cameron here with me. Matthew's not here today. He's got some homework. Uh, so you want to introduce yourself? Uh, yeah, we don't we don't have a camera for this side. So hello, I'm Cameron Bobman. I'm going to be backstage for most of the time. Uh, I might pop in to the other side and you know <laughs> talk a little bit at the end if we have some time. Uh, most likely I'll be talking about like the Spider-Man movie and any other game information that I can find. Uh, but yeah. Here, scoot closer to the mic when you talk. Uh, yeah, here. Hello. There you go. That's I, a lot I sound a little better now. Uh, <laughs> sorry, I forgot to lean forward when I was speaking. But nevertheless, you probably sh uh, you probably could have heard me. Uh, All so right. Well, yeah. We're without gonna be... further ado, do we want to uh, begin? Um, I, we're gonna plug the socials first. Uh, you can follow me on Joe All on Instagram, and head over to the channel. Hit that subscribe button. The, click the bell for notifications so that you don't miss another Astrocast live episode. And uh, do hit that. Actually, no, don't hit it. Smash that oh, like no. button. Oh, no. <laughs> too, too much. Too much. Smash that like button. Um, uh, Joe, now that I realize I'm looking at your computer, dude, uh -huh. uh, you need to get uh, I, t I said this at the beginning the first time I came over. Uh, you, need an, you need an ad blocker. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I, I will, uh, yeah, I probably won't get that. You need to get it, dude. It, it's very helpful. Yeah, probably. Anyway, um, yeah, go to the channel, hit subscribe, bell, you know, all that crap. Um, Whoa, watch your profanity. That's all right. They don't, they don't, YouTube doesn't care about that. Um, and do leave a comment. Tell us how we're doing. Tell us, you know, whatever's on your mind, what, you know, what this makes you think of. Any comments you have on any of the stories we're talking about? Uh, comments on the audio quality. We're still working on everything. Still working on the setup. So any feedback would be appreciated. And uh, comments and likes are like the best thing you can do to help support the channel. Uh, so yeah, I. You want to get into it? All right, let's get into All it. All right, the first story of the day or the night: cracks in the International Space Station. You have it pulled up. Yep. I do, in fact, have it pulled up. All right. Small cracks found in International Space Station module. Report. It's clear, or sorry, it's unclear whether the cracks are causing any air to leak from the orbiting lab. So these cracks are in the Zariah or Zaria, I don't know how to pronounce it, Zaria module. You want me to pull it up on the on the actual map? Uh, you have an image of it. Yeah, I do have an image of it. You can pull that up if you it's want. Right. Do you have it open? Yeah, it's right here. Okay. It's this little small one if you see to the right side. Yeah, the little blue one. Is. Yeah. 
Yeah. Um, I don't re I don't know exactly what the Zariah module does, but it's kind of close to the center of the craft, and I mean, any cracks in the International Space Station are not good. I mean, needless to say, it's pretty close to a vacuum where the International Space Station is orbiting. It's still within the atmosphere of the Earth, technically. Due to the fact that it's orbiting. Well, well yeah, it's just there's not a lot of oxygen or anything up there. Well, there yeah. It's just, you know, a, a few parts per million. Yeah. So. Anyway, superficial fissures have been found in some places on the Zariah module. Vladimir Sol Soloviev? Soloviev? Soloviev, chief engineer of Moscow-based company Energia, the prime contractor for Russia's human spaceflight program, told Russia's state-owned RIA Nugency, Nugency? <laughs> News Agency. Jeez, no, I, I can't talk tonight. I'm you slurring my words You're left and right. Yeah. I don't know all, what's going on. All of tonight. All yeah, jeez. I was recording some video for school earlier, and it's just like I could not talk. Like that. Yeah, anyway, or precision, precision, and precision, uh, yeah, and uh, the bachelor's program, electrical engineering. Yeah, I just I don't know what's going on. Anyway, very unfortunate. Zoloya, Zolovia, Zoloviev, Zoloviev, Zoloviev did not say whether the cracks were discovered by Russian cosmonauts have cut. Might as well just oh my solo. god, I cannot freaking talk. I have just... caused any air to leak from Zariah, Russian for Dawn, Reuters added. Joe, at this point, just call the man Solo. Yeah, jeez. So, it is a short... Uh, sorry, it's, it's, is it a... It is a functional cargo block. And it's part of the International Space Station's uh, Russian segment, which is the first piece of the station to reach orbit. That's interesting. It isn't the first time cracks have been found on the International Space Station. That's interesting. The Russian Zvedza, the Russian Zvedza module, caused a small air leak on the orbiting lab that was detected in September 2019. Cosmonauts patched the Zvedza cracks in October 2020 and March of this year, but the issue has persisted apparently. Uh, Russia reported another drop in pressure in the module in July of 2000, or sorry, in the module that launched into the orbit in July 2000. Um, so, I mean, the International Space Station has got people from all around the world working on it. I mean, the big ones are Russia, Germany, France, United States, obviously. Um, Russia, Germany, France. I think J Japan, too. I think Japan has some guys up there. But all these space agencies are working together to make sure that the International Space Station stays flying above the Earth and nothing goes wrong and these astronauts, you know, can come home safe and then travel up there safe. Um, and, I mean, we just had the SpaceX Dragon capsule carry astronauts from the United States for the first time in a really long time. Joe, did you say Crapsule? <laughs> did I? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Sounded like you said Crapsule. Oh, oh well. I, it's gonna be a, it's gonna be a wild night tonight. Apparently oh, I'm slurring man. all my words. Oh, I forgot to close the door. Oh, well. Oh, well. Um. Get some extra light. 
Oh, we forgot to turn the light on. That's why it's so grainy. Oh. Yeah, let's turn the light on. Yeah, there you go. That would also be smart. How do I turn on the light, Joe? Uh, you press the power button and then well, turn it down to the lowest the brightness. Power on button? the little cord right there. Uh, it, down there, further. It's yeah. on the little. It's on the little cord. It's like a little remote, but it's in a cord. And just hit the power button and blind me. You like. I feel like I'm looking at the wrong light. Oh yeah. No, you're, you're. I was looking at the wrong light. Oh, okay. Well, that'll do it. <laughs> Having a little uh, bit of technical. Oh one. God. <laughs> Turn the brightness down. <laughs> you have to turn it all the way down to the lowest setting. <laughs> Otherwise, it's just blinding. Alright. <laughs> what was I saying? Oh, yeah, the Dragon Capsule. Not Crapsule. The Dragon Capsule from SpaceX uh, launched on top of the Falcon 9 Heavy to carry Bob and Doug earlier in the year. Actually, that I think that was 2020. And that was the first time in a very long time that uh, United States astronauts went up into space, launching from United States soil. Before that, we were using the Soyuz capsules. We talked about that a little bit in the very first episode of the podcast um, with Matthew. Oh, that was the one with just me and Matthew. Uh, we talked a little bit about that. We showed some pictures of the Soyuz capsules. Uh, they're really tiny, and uh, the Dragon, I mean, in summary, the Dragon's like the Tesla or the, the luxury car of the space vehicles, and the Soyuz is like, you know, your... Um, what's that car, car made of cardboard that was popular in the USSR? Oh, that was during, it was during Cold War, no? Yeah, the USSR. Yeah, I don't remember. What was that car? It, anyway, it was. It was a terrible car. Oh yeah, it would like fall apart all the time. It was like, it was the only oh, car they had. Maybe it's a car named a Yugo. No, I, I don't, don't think it is. Uh, but yeah, that was a terrible car. That was the only car. Yeah, anyway, the Soyuz capsule is like that. It has like no space and it's kind of janky. Well, I mean, I don't know. That's kind of janky, but there's no space. And it's supposed to fit three astronauts and you're literally like right on top of each other, like cramped. And yeah, it's look up some pictures. We won't show it today because we ever, we've already shown it recently. But um, what was I going with that tangent? I don't know. Okay, well, I just want SpaceX to launches the, the Dragon capsule to resupply the International Space Station now, and they also bring up the astronauts to the International Space Station and stuff like that. So uh, they don't have to sit in the uncomfortable Soyuz. But uh, have you ever been to Houston and seen the Johnson Space Center? No, I have not. Okay. Have well, they have the they have the uh, like mission control room for the International Space Station, and you can go into like the viewing room. It's pretty neat. They have all the different guys who, you know, do all the different jobs, like ADCO, TOPO, um, Flight, uh, Chrono, what were the other ones? I don't know off the top of my head. It was, it's been a while since I've been there. But they have all these different guys um, in the same room, uh, not always at the same time, but you got, you know, the TOPO guy mapping out where, where he wants the craft to go, and then ADCO is actually flying the craft. I might have that reversed. But they've got all these different people working on the International Space Station, making sure it's not going to hit an asteroid or any space debris, and that all the astronauts are safe and secure on the International Space Station, that someone's in charge of resupply mission, you know, stuff like that. So it's a really co-coordinated effort between a lot of different people in a lot of different countries, and it's kind of impressive that we've managed to have it for this long, and it's still in working order. Joe, I actually kind of lost where we are on the... We're, uh, we're on number two. Oh, two we're a, on... 2A. Uh, what? 2A on the outline. I don't have the outline. Oh, okay. Well, <laughs> we're on the article, uh, 
on space.com cracks in the International Space Station. Yeah, well, I have that, but where on it? Oh, um... That's right. I, I already finished the article. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's all right. We don't always have to read the whole articles. Um, If you want, you know what we should start doing? We should start linking the articles and our resources in the description. That would probably be smart. So I'll start doing that from now on. Um, You can actually do that right now if you want. Well, I'll do it later. So. All right. Next one. Well, uh, did you want us to talk about this? Well, I wanted to talk about the car. Car, The great (laughs) Russian car during uh, the Cold War. What a great car. Lean forward. You gotta lean forward if you're talking. I do. I keep just on push, forgetting. Just push the chair all the way into the desk. There's some cords. That The cords are the other problem. I keep on running into cords. Well, here, just get a little closer. Uh, there we go. I think this is... Oh, this is so oh, much better. Oh, that's so much better. Dude. It's so much better. There you go. Like um, yeah, so it's just it's just the Russian cards. Uh, th- those are great. That, dude, it could it... It couldn't even store more than two people. It was like a one-person, two-person car, no? I think it was a two-person car. It was supposed to be a four-seater, but like... there was. I think you could fit four people in it. Yeah, but it was like... There was barely any space anyways. I think you might be thinking of a different car. Maybe I am thinking of a different car. I mean, they make smart cars where it's like a one-seater. Oh my gosh, those Dude, Mr. E had... So, we had a teacher in high school, and this guy was six foot nine, and he had one of those smart cars where like he and you could literally see him like this in the driver's seat it was hilarious You're and, like picture this giant this giant bald guy oh sorry my hand too high this giant bald guy yeah first your hand was too high and then your hands were too low it's like <laughs> they weren't on screen hey whatever um but i mean it's just this giant bald guy and he like squeezes into this tiny little car it's kind of funny I don't know how he does that because, like, in just in small, like in um, uh, well, even my he's mom's like car, it's like I have five. to like, crouch to get it. No, he's six foot nine. Nine? Yeah, he's six foot nine. Ooh. No. I think I think so. Really? I'm pretty sure. I was like six five. Mm-mm. Holy cow, that man's tall. Dude, he's like. Well, I guess yeah. He's if like he a was whole head basketball. taller than me. He's like a whole head taller than. No, it wasn't basketball. He played dodgeball. Well, that was. When he was in China, that yeah. was just one of the things. But I'm pretty sure he was. He also said he was playing basketball. Oh, maybe. Because he also said that. Well, anyway, they have no idea what we're talking about. No, so. they don't. Unless, unless they're from McBride. Yeah. But. Love that guy to bits. <sighs> really. Good and guy. this guy's name, Mystery. Well, that's what you'd call him. <laughs> I love it because it's like mystery, mysteries, mm-hmm. mysteries. Yes. So. Anyway, what were we talking about? Russian cars? Uh, yes, we were, but I believe <laughs> I believe uh, the tangent went on for. That's far, right. Did you did you look up a picture? Of the car now. Yeah, just look up Cold War like crappy Russian car. Just go ahead and. And tell me when you got that. I'll just fill in with something. Um, and you wanted to talk about the new Spider-Man movie, right? Later yeah. into okay. Later, later in the thing. So I accidentally typed it after I after the ISS that we typed in, International Space Station. Here it is. Oh yeah, yeah. Did you, are you showing it on the stream? Yeah. Yeah. The, the, this is the car. Just flew by. Am I on? Am I on the screen right now? Huh? Am I on the screen right now? Yes, you are. Oh, okay. 
And the screen's on the screen, too? Yes. Okay. You want me to put it on just the screen? I, whatever you want to do. I, w I just wanted to look at the screen. So, yeah, put it on just the screen. Okay. All right. We'll go ahead and put it on just the screen. There we go. Okay. Um, I'm, it's, it's this car right here. Which one? This one. Small one. Well, click on it. Well, it, it doesn't have that one. Let me, I'm trying to find another one that's the same. I mean, this one's basically the same. Click on it. Uh, I'm way too close to the microphone. There we go. Is it this one? I, I think this is the one. It looks like it, but it's a, it feels like it's a little different than the one that I remember. Um, but I might just be wrong. What does ah, that say? It just says the uh, no, Calvert. I don't, I don't think, think that's right. No, the, no that's the that's name of the, the name of arm the way too close to the microphone. Um, I, I don't remember the name. Look up the Yugo. U-G-O. Or actually, Y-U-G-O. I think. I don't think it is. Oh, just search it. That's what your mom wanted, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah, it oh, totally yeah, it is that. Yeah, it totally, it oh, sorry, I'm like screaming in the microphone. Yeah, that's exactly what it is. Right. Yep. Here, let me. The, the worst car, yep. Yeah, this is cars. this is exactly it. Yep. And I remember seeing videos of these, and they literally sound like they're going to fall apart at any not, minute. Not just that, but, like, explode, too. They explode? I, I haven't so. heard about that. I'm but this was, like, the, the car in Soviet Russia. Yep. Because that's all they could afford to make. Because all of their other funding went to the military. <laughs> yeah. Have you seen pictures of, like, Soviet Russia like supermarkets oh dude yeah that was that those are sad those are they really have no sad. refrigeration the meat's Nothing. just sitting out and yep. like there's hardly any yeah and then you check the shelves and there's barely it, anything on the shelves it too. just goes to show you what a command economy uh does to the economy oh i dropped my phone <laughs> stop it's a good thing they can't hear that <laughs> he's making all sorts of noises on the computer he's like doing 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 I'm, try I'm trying to put... Oh, man, I'm... I'm... There See, this, we go. I want Matthew back. Matthew's a much better producer than you. I was, I was trying to press for three free, three uh -huh. on the thing and then press the tilde key so I could actually make it back to where you're on yeah. the screen. And I, apparently I was just... I was pressing four. So <laughs> it I, just kept going to the same it just go It kept on going to the same thing. I was just like, why is it not working? Uh, I'm a great oh, you producer. know what I just realized? I think I forgot to put the last two episodes on Spotify. Yeah, probably. I need to do that right after we end this. Mm -hmm. What time is it? It is a modest 8.27. So 8.30? So yeah, let's move on to the next story. Uh, I actually, I really want to talk about this story. It sounds really interesting. Oh, right. And I haven't, I haven't heard a lot about it. I've heard a lot of, um, like, theoretical stories about this, but I didn't know this was actually a thing that was going on. So, NASA cut a 10-cent check to kickstart moon mining uh, tech, at least this article says. It's funny, it's just funny to me that it's like a 10-cent check, because they, I don't know, for some reason the returns are like a dollar, and they get 10% of the returns, and so it's like 10 cents. But anyway, the whole idea behind this is that it's setting like a legal precedent for NASA to pay external contractors to do stuff that they want them to do, I guess, is the whole idea. Or at least that's what this article is saying. Here, I can read it. NASA Administrator Bill Nelson presented Justin Cyrus, CEO of Colorado-based space startup Lunar Outpost, 
which, uh, with the first payment ever issued to a company as part of a space resource contract announced August 23rd here at the 36th Annual Space Symposium. That's a thing? What? The Space Symposium? I don't even see where you're at. I tried. Um, I tried I'm it. at, like, the first blurb under I, the picture. Yeah, the, the small thing, right? A small one, or... What? Under the first ad. Under the first... Oh, down here. Yeah, 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 yeah. There you go. I think. Is it, is it NASA Administrator okay. Bill Nelson presented Justin Cyrus, CEO of Colorado. Yeah, you're at the right spot. Am I? I don't even know. I don't think I am. Are you right here? You're right there, right there. The, right there. Okay. You good. I don't know. I, I'm <laughs> worst producer Dude, ever. Dude, Matthew is a lot better at syncing that up. I was just... I, I just I see the screen going, wee wee Matt Cameron. It's kind of hard to read. <laughs> I didn't know which part you were talking about. That's all right. We got it. So, yeah, this is what they're saying. The check, which was just $0.10 cents or 10% of Lunar Outpost's $1 bid, will go towards the company's efforts to collect lunar dust or regolith for the agency. So, this is a really cool idea of mining stuff on the moon or at different asteroids, too. Um, we can get a lot of resources from space because there's a limited amount of resources on the Earth. But if we look to other celestial bodies i mean it's pretty much limitless the universe is it's just a matter of getting there you know you know getting there this, and coming back you know what this reminded me of for the lunar outpost it, it reminded me of the that uh that one movie that the, one movie the the one about the biologist i think is on mars right the one about the biologist on mars you're gonna have to be a little more specific because there's a lot of uh movies about space mars and biologists Okay, so the guy goes up with the crew, uh -huh. right? Up oh, into the Martian. The Martian. Yeah, that's what that it was is. a good movie. That was a good book a and good, a good movie. It was a great movie. Uh, I like. I actually think I like the movie better on that one. Oh. Um. Although, the whole premise of his getting lost on Mars because of a, like, a, a dust storm on Mars, there would never be able to be a dust storm that severe on Mars because of the way Mars's atmosphere is. It just doesn't have a dense enough atmosphere for that. Um, so that's the one of the only scientific inaccuracies I saw in that movie. I, I'm sure there's someone oh, there's, scientist there's like breaking it down, but I I really sure liked that movie and the I, I really liked that movie in the book because of the accuracy of scientific you know stuff. He even uses a um, uh, what do you call it? A he uses the hydrogen and oxygen in like the rocket. Yeah. And he makes water vapor out of it yeah. because he's reacting the two together. That's the, the whole idea behind, um, I'm making a rocket engine with Cameron and Matthew. And the, our whole idea is, you know, putting oxygen and hydrogen together and, it, I mean, basically exploding it in a combustion chamber to make thrust. But I've always liked that idea. And, I mean, the Martian, or what, what was his name in the movie? I forget. I, I, but um, the, so the guy who Matt Damon plays. He literally takes a little bit of hydrogen, a little bit of oxygen, and pushes it through a little nozzle and makes water vapor. And it's it's a cool concept, and that's what he uses to make a like an ecosystem in the base so we can grow potatoes. But isn't the problem that it's very expensive and it costs a lot of energy in order to actually make water out of oxygen and hydrogen? Um, so the whole way that you can get oxygen and hydrogen and then turn it back into water like a perfect stoichiometric yeah. ratio is you just put electricity to through electro to through two electrodes that are just in some electrolyte which is basically just water mixed with a salt um so and it makes water no it makes oxygen and hydrogen it splits the atom 
Or not no, the atoms, but it's the molecule into two I'm atoms. I'm talking about the Martian, like, fusing yeah. the atoms. It's not fusing an atom. You, well, not you fusing atoms, sorry. Fusing it's a chemical reaction. Yeah. Yeah. All you have to do is just, I mean, it's a t- you have to have a tiny little bit amount of energy because they really want to react together. So you just add a little tiny bit of energy, and then it's a really hot, fast reaction, and it's a lot of energy. And so it, it takes a good amount of energy to split it, and you get a lot of energy back from burning them together, or yeah. ke- the chemical reaction. It's a powerful chemical reaction. Yeah. So it expands pretty fast, and it's I think it burns at 3,000 Kelvin. That's why he had the explosion, remember? Yeah. So it... That it's it can be dangerous if you don't know what you're doing. Like, like that. Yeah, it, you could just get an explosion like that, which basically and need thankfully what of, didn't hold happen hold on, hold on. is you could get a like um uh what's called a backflash where it ignites the gas all the way back to the tank and then explodes oh, the yeah. tank. That's, That's really dangerous. That's why you have just, black flash arresters. I was just thinking about like the actual uh for actually making that you'd need. For actually making uh, water vapor, it isn't doesn't that require like a lot of exact like precise tools in order to actually do it? In order to make it not blow up, you just have to have a really fine nozzle for both of them, and you have to really finely control the amount of energy you're putting into the reaction, and you have to really finely control how much gas you're putting into whatever chamber that you're making water vapor from, because if you have too much energy or too much gas, or too much pressure, or, you know, any, too much of anything, it'll just cause an explosion, because it's just, it wants to react so badly, but at any time you combine those two elements, uh, you know, two hydrogens and one oxygen, any time you put a little energy into that and they combine together, it'll always make water vapor, H2O, unless you do some special, other special chemical reaction, in which case you're, you, you're like trying to make um, hydrogen peroxide or di- uh, well dihydrogen monoxide is water um, but yeah that reaction since it's hot it'll always create water vapor and then he just condenses it in a little thing I think doesn't he okay I, yeah I think so but uh, wouldn't that mean that uh, for for actually making it uh, wouldn't it mean that he would need to have exact measurement tools and exact like things not measurement that? tools so much well, but like yeah precision yeah. equipment precision equipment yeah which is all very 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 well, not necessarily. I, I mean, I can make it here in my garage. Well, yeah, but you need to order the things, and sometimes they can be inaccurate if they're a little bit cheap. Well, um, I usually just machine stuff myself for that stuff. Well, yeah. So. Because you're the magic man. <laughs> no, I just, I like working with my hands and making stuff. Alright, enough anyway, of attention. Yeah, what were we what were we actually <laughs> talking about? We were talking about mining on the moon. How did we get on that? The Martian? Yeah, yeah, we were talking about the Martian. So this mining on the moon thing is really interesting to me because I mean, like I was saying, we only have a limited amount of elements here on the Earth. And if we want to make like an armada of spaceships and colonize other planets, then we're gonna need some other source of materials, like titanium especially. If I can go on another tangent on top of that. Okay, um, for armadas of spaceships? Well, just for the moon. Uh-huh. I wonder what type of stuff that we'll find within the moon's core. and uh, You should it. look up what regolith is made out of. Okay. I'll um, search it because that's, own, yeah, that's fine. That's what is on the moon, regolith. Is it just that? Yeah, we just search, like, here, I'll do it. Because we haven't, we haven't gone deep down below within the moon, have we? 
Uh, not real deep, no. No. We've just got kind of like the surface dust and rocks and stuff. Yeah. Uh, Which is basically just all, I guess, burnt rock from, well, not just burnt rock, but like regular. from the collision with Earth and the moon. Maybe. Thousand, hundreds of... So what Cameron's referring to is the, there's a theory that the moon was formed when a giant asteroid or a giant other planet crashed into the earth and this chunk flew off and turned into the moon, um, which is a pretty, I think, it's a, solid theory yeah, that people it's, have... It's really solid. Dirt, soil, and sand. Um, lunar regolith, not Earth regolith. <laughs> lunar regolith. What is lunar regolith? A thin gray layer on the top surface of the moon, consisting of loosely compacted fragmented material believed to have been formed by repeated impacts of meteorites composed of igneous rock, glass beads, and fine lunar dust, which tells us nothing, except that igneous rock is made of, uh, it can, well, it depends on the rock, but it can be made of uh, silica, iron, calcium, aluminum, so, uh, sodium, potassium. So I'm taking the geology. Let, yeah, let's class. Ju let's just say and other fine um, ore deposits. We'll just no, say not ore deposits. That's well, it a could be. Thing. If it's, you're talking about iron, then yeah. Well, that's not ore. It, that's an element. It, you can it. So there's a whole like chart that I could bring up here. If you search up the Bowen's reaction on the computer, you can show I'm it. Not gonna but do that it, it literally. It starts off as like a simple thing and then it turns into a long chain and then a double chain and then a sheet and then after the sheet it's like complex crystals um, and then there's a whole list that's like composition and there's a whole list of like on the y-axis of like texture and there's like it goes all the way from uh, very coarse grain crystals to very fine grain crystals and then no crystals like stuff like no crystals is like obsidian pumice you know stuff that yeah. cools very rapidly and then stuff that has crystals is stuff that cools very slowly. And uh, the slower the cooling, the bigger the crystals. So coarse grain stuff has real slow cooling. Fine, fine grain stuff has real fast cooling. And then no grain has really fast cooling. So that's why that, that's what glass is. It's just no, no. Well, it's a rock that it hasn't been crystallized. It's because it's been cooled so slowly or so fast. Sorry. Joe, what I meant by the ore deposits, I meant by like the repeatedly impacted by like. Yeah, that's not what ore is. Well, I mean, there can be ore deposits within the the, the meteorites. So the whole th the whole like, if you're talking about geology, like ore, yes, doesn't yeah. talk about the metal. It talks about the vein of metal, what's surrounding the metal, um, like everything yes. all in one. And so, like gold, for example, you'll find it with granite and then quartz and gold. That's why I said other uh, ore deposits. Yeah, but on meteorites or meteorites and asteroids and stuff like that unless it's real big and it has an actual core which in which case it might be like a dwarf planet it's not going to have a lot of those geologic um reactions that make those certain ore deposits so yes there's elements that are crashing into the moon but they're not ore deposits. they're not ore deposits yeah i mean it's literally just semantics and it doesn't matter so it's like it's like the small amount right it's not like too much of a minimum well, no, it's just semantics, I mean. Like, in the way you're talking about it, it makes sense to you. But an ore deposit, in the way that we're mentioning it here, isn't what an ore deposit is, is what I'm trying to say. Yeah. You know? Yeah. That's so it's I like you literally that. just have the elements from the meteors, or the asteroids, 
that crashed into the Earth and or the Moon, and then it's literally just there on the Moon now. Yeah. So, uh, I I want to see what like elements are in the regolith. Yeah, like rock fragments tells me nothing. <laughs> uh, but yeah, we'll just say that, yeah, just the uh, all we have is the moon surface. We haven't necessarily seen anything that's down below, which would be interesting for us to find out finally what's within the moon, uh, which is actually sounding very interesting uh, to me, uh, just due to the fact of it being a mystery that no one has solved yet because no one nobody's it's been true. on it. Just yet. so apparently. I don't, I don't know if this is true or not, but allegedly the Chinese have a base on the dark side of the moon. <laughs> I literally heard that the other day, and I was like, what? When did this happen? Where Where did we get, like, what? I ha I've never heard that before. I mean, I've heard rumors of that. Well, but just I just saw it on space.com the other day, and I was like, what? And I haven't been able to find it. Like, the article that mentioned it. It just casually mentioned it in an article, and I was like, wait, 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 what? They have a what? Yeah, I, th I think it's supposed to be just, like, speculation at this point. Yeah, I have no I idea. You can look it up if you want to. Oh, moon dust is super toxic to human cells. Whoa. Which is interesting. Uh, so, that's another thing is uh, moon, moon dust or, like, moon rock stuff that's found on the moon is very rare to the Earth. Because once it actually enters into the atmosphere, it actually starts degrading. Oh, it it's, starts oxidizing? Yes. Yeah. Uh, so you actually have to keep it compressed, well not compressed, but air sealed, airtight. <coughs> you should have told me to mute, Sorry. Joel. I'm mute. Uh, wait, wait, how do I mute? Never mind. <laughs> you literally just pressed the mute button. I know, but the mouse is on the other side and I'm trying to find where the mouse is. It takes too long. You gotta put like space. Alright. Okay, I muted it that Oh, okay. <laughs> so, sorry about that. Joe, I just would like to say the video is on too. What? The video is on so we can see this. <laughs> <laughs> hey, let me, let me so, regolith is include, includes weathered bedrock, saprolite, soils, fragmental volcanic material, impact ejecta, glacial deposits, colluvium... Alluvium, evaporitic sediments, and a aeolian deposits. So never heard about any of those. <laughs> oh well, I'll break it down for you. So weathered bedrock. Do you know what bedrock is? Yes, I know what bedrock okay. is. Yeah. So weathered we were bedrock. standing on it the, uh, a while back. Remember when we went up to the mountains? We're standing on bedrock. Oh yes. Okay, I remember that. So yeah, bedrock, weathered bedrock is literally just bedrock that's been weathered. Yes. Uh, like, um, eroded. Yeah. You know. Anyway, uh, I don't know what saprolite is. We can look that up. Soil, it just refers to any kind of fine particulate material. Okay, I've heard of that. Um, yeah. That fragmental, so volcanic material is just any kind of igneous rock that well, was that's, formed. That was, so that's any kind of extrusive long. material, um. You know, like obsidian, pumice, anything that cool fast. So, Joe, what I meant by, uh, I haven't heard of any of those. I meant all of, like, the super long names. So, impact ejecta, I'm getting there. Impact ejecta is when a meteor, or uh, asteroid, rather, slams into the moon. So, when it slams into the moon, all that energy is transferred into two things. Kinetic and heat. 
So the heat uh, can sometimes melt materials from the asteroid or the moon, and the kinetic energy translates. Sorry, am I not centered? Yeah. There we go. The kinetic energy then translates into movement and stuff ejects from the crater or you know the impact site so that's what uh, impact ejecta is it's just the material that was um ejected from the meteor or melted in some way and then ejected from the meteor joe i'm sorry to say but i'm really bad at this bad at what <laughs> at uh, producing yeah that's why i always have nothing i'm so confused i i heard I forgot that the left side is the preview and the yeah. right side is the actual thing. So I was, I thought, I thought this side, the the left side. Were you on the just the screen? Yeah. Before? Cameron. <laughs> I, I switched it right after I had you move. Oh so. no, that's alright. I'm still so, using my first time. That's alright. Glacial deposits are literally stuff. So these giant chunks of ice, ice, ice. These giant chunks of ice called glaciers. Um, I guess this article is saying that there were glaciers on the moon. There definitely aren't now. Uh, we do know that there were volcanoes on the moon. I don't know about glaciers though. Yes, on the on the moon. I don't. I believe so. On the top and the bottom. Uh, I don't know about that. I, there's definitely not right now. No. But well, we on can the look top, into that. We found water on the top of the moon. Yeah, but it doesn't mean there were. Like, it, it could mean that there are glaciers. So, we'll come back to that. Over speaking but about anyway, glacial mean. deposits is... Glaciers are these ice things, and they, they literally move. And I forget exactly why, why and how they move, but as they move, they pick up stuff. And then when they melt or stop moving, they drop all the stuff they had. And that's what glacial deposits are. It's stuff that's been moved by a glacier. Uh, colluvium. I don't know what that is. Alluvium, don't know what that is. Evaporitic sediments, that I do know what is, what, what that is. So... Well, I, I do too, yeah. You, you know what evaporation is? Yes. When the sun is shining on the moon, anything that has a melting, or a boiling point that's, um, low enough to be reached by when the sun is shining on the moon, it will evaporate. And then... When it evaporates and lifts off the surface of the moon because it's a gas, it'll immediately cool down because it's been higher in the atmosphere and there's no atmosphere on the moon and it'll just fall back down. That's what evaporitic sediments are, I think. And I mean, that's what would make sense. To I don't know what aeolian deposits are, so we can look into colluvium, alluvium, and aeolian deposits as well as saprolite. Uh, saprolite sounds familiar. Saprolite. That does sound very familiar. However, I don't know what it is. A chemically weathered rock. Okay. So, that's like, I mean, a limestone technically would be a saprolite then, because if it's like left out in the rain, because rain is a little bit acidic, so it'll eat away at the limestone and the calcium in it. So, that's what saprolite is. Any kind of rock that's been chemically weathered. Um, okay. So, let's look up colluvium. A material which accumulates at the foot of a steep slope. So that's just gravity-fed um, stuff tumbling down hills. Okay. So alluvium, I would assume, is the opposite. Will, will Joe be correct? Uh, I'm not. A deposit of clay, silt, sand, and gravel left by flowing streams in a... Pardon me. 
in a river valley or delta, particularly particularly producing fertile soil. So alluvium is just deposits instead of by gravity, it's by water. Got it. Um, I didn't know there were streams on the moon. Well, the more you know, right? Yeah, I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know if that's really correct, but whatever. Uh, let's see, what else does it say? Uh, Aeolian deposits. Let's look that up. Aeolian deposits. Aeolian deposits are sedimentary deposits of grains transported by wind. Okay. So okay. that kind so of that that kind of now that I'm hearing it, it kind of sounds self-explanatory. Aeolian, like the air. Anyway, so it, that's you know you got your gravity, your wind, and your water. I should know that. I'm in a geology class. Um, all right. Well, is that the Cameron says? Cameron says Aeolian deposits are moved by the wind. Yeah, we'll we'll say that's what Cameron says for today. All right. Well, you got to say it. Uh, I forgot what I said. Uh, Cameron alien, says... Alien deposits are uh, stuff that goes through the air. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Good job, Cameron! Yay! Cameron know woods. <laughs> woods? You know woods. woods? I know woods. Woods. Oh. I'm just going to go out in the middle of the woods and like... Cameron know woods. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. That well, was it, right? None of this other, well, other we, article. We I haven't just even finished the article. Oh, I know. Did you want me to read the article? <laughs> All right. So yeah, they're saying this sets a. Wait, hold on. Go back up. I believe that's what it was. Wait, wait, wait. Hold on. No doubt a little bit. Um, this sets. Okay, Lunar Outpost has previously developed an air quality sensor to meet NASA's need to contain hazardous moon dust. Uh, Nelson explained Monday during a press briefing at Space Symposium. The work, or this work, has led to a technology that senses pollutants on Earth to protect firefighters. That's interesting. So I guess they're trying to find technology to help astronauts that are have, going to have an extended stay on the moon. Because, you know, NASA, with its Artemis program, is talking about making a permanent base on the moon and around the moon in the, term, in the form of the Lunar Gateway, which will be really cool. But anyway. However, I do have to. St uh, you do have to establish one thing: is that if we have people live there, uh, it's going to be very difficult for them to come back if they're if it's like you know. Well, so you can spend up to six months. Uh, it might it might even be eight months, but I think that I what they're six. doing is six months terms in the International Space Station. So at zero g, the human body, as long as you're exercising, can maintain it for six months and then come back and you can rehabilitate. On the moon, since there's gr more gravity, you can bit. spend a little bit longer. Um, but you do have to take into account the travel time to get to the moon, which is, um, what, a few weeks? Or maybe a few days. I thought it was like... Well, how far away is the moon from the Earth? It's like... Um, a few thousand? A few hundred thousand kilometers. Is it a hundred thousand? Or a few... I it was a few thousand. A few ten thousand kilometers. It's like something like that. Like... Let's see. Uh, look it up. Yeah. I, I used to know this all off the top of my head, but... I'm sure I did, too. Well, when we were taking that astronomy yeah. class. Far away... Is the moon. Is the <laughs> moon. It is 238,000 miles. Oh, so I was right. Hundreds of kilometers. Yeah, you're right. I'm just stupid. Woohoo! Um, so, if we're talking about kilometers, we're talking about, like, 
tons of more kilometers. You mean miles? No, kilometers. Yeah, yeah no. You said in terms of kilometers, you're talking about more kilometers. No, I said in, in terms of... I, sorry, in terms of com- kilometers, there's going to... In terms of kilometers... Sorry, <laughs> in terms of miles... There, there you we go. go. Yes, uh, so in terms of uh, miles to kilometers, it's going to be a lot more kilometers. That's what I meant to say. I'm just I'm just yeah. cameraing it. <laughs> hey, you got your point across. Uh, and hey, this is what I just said. Space resources will play a key role in NASA's Artemis program in th- and the future of space exploration. The ability to extract and use extraterrestrial resources will ensure Artemis's operations can be conducted safely and sustainably in support human exploration you know what you know what also what i was thinking hmm. uh, about actually like lunar about lunar exploration along with uh exploration on other planets uh-huh. um just trying to er, finding new elements that's something that'd be so really cool there's we do know that all the elements we have found so far we're not really gonna find any other elements um on any other planets you don't think so? Because, well, as unless our model's wrong, which very well could be. If our model's wrong, then we have to change our model, and we could find new elements. But if, assuming our model is correct, which is a big jump, I'll give you that. Assuming our model is correct of the periodic table, we shouldn't really find any other elements, any other new elements uh, on other planets, unless they're really, really heavy. Um, so, like, anything... You know, like, here, let me bring up the periodic table. <laughs> Do you want me to bring it up, too? No, I, I got it. You, we don't have to put it on the screen. I just want to picture so I don't sound like an idiot. Well, I mean, we have been finding, recently we've been finding more, well, not recently, but... Uh, so the reason, the yeah, we've been filling in that bottom row of the yeah. periodic table is that's from particle accelerators. Yes. And we're making those, or we're not making it, but we're basically smashing elements together to create newer heavier elements at least new to us um and that's why (laughs) yeah so we already know that we already have elements one through 118 so if we were to find anything else it would have to be after 118 uh 118 by the way is a symbol of og which actually all this stuff has changed in our lifetime because I remember in middle school learning about this stuff. They called some of the stuff like U D D U D C. You yeah, remember yeah, yeah. that? Now it's M T D S R G C N N H F L M C L V T S. Yeah. Oh wow. Yeah, that's kind of neat. Well, hold on, I want to check. Yeah, look this it up because this, yeah, this is new to here. us. Actually, I, yeah, I put it on didn't there. even know that. They I, named all the new the elements, and they've actually they've actually filled in. All the way up to the noble gases. So the periodic table is full. It's entirely full now. Yeah. Well, I don't know if that means we found all of the elements, but I mean, I'm assuming. Oh, you're right. What the heck? Yeah. See, isn't that weird? All the bottom ones, all the top ones. Oh, gee, yo. I so I'm assuming that we can just keep smashing heavier and heavier particles together to find heavier and heavier elements, like past 118. Uh, for those of you who don't know, the 118 refers to the atomic number, which is just the number of protons in 
the uh, nucleus of the atom, which usually corresponds to the number of electrons in the electron cloud around it. And usually, uh, if it's not an isotope of the element, it will correspond to the number of neutrons as well. Uh, the mass number, if it's not an isotope, is just uh, two times the atomic number. See if if it's an isotope, though, and it has a different number of neutrons, then it's uh, show the mass number. It has a uh, higher or lower mass number depending on if there's less or yeah, more neutrons. Yeah, you can neutrons. see the mass number down there. Uh, well, on here it's atomic number. Or so atomic, atomic number weight, is sorry. the top one. Sorry, atomic weight. That's well, it same thing. Yeah, that's what I meant. It was like Why isn't uh, here it, it says it's ato uh, atomic there weight, but it's the same thing that you said. Yeah, so here's a periodic table that I actually recognize more. Yeah, UUT, UUP, UU... Where's that one? S and UUO. But I guess they've named them all. So they've actually found another noble gas. That's kind of cool. Wait, they did? What? Yeah, 118. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I just think that's kind of cool. I forgot that that that's that line is. Noble yeah, there's gas the noble gas, gas, noble noble <laughs> gas, <laughs> noble and the halogens. Uh, I forgot what the row carbon is in. Wait, called. did that that used to? Oh, here it is. Yeah, yeah, UUO. There we go. That's what we grew up with. And actually, when I was in middle school, or when we were in middle school, and learning about this stuff, they only had up to one fifteen. Yeah, the the last we didn't. Were the yet. last two were empty and. Last up to three. 115, from like 113 to 115, they were all the UU things. Yeah. So they've well, named them all even now. some of the the bottom ones had long names too. It wasn't even just that. No, those were all like cesium and stuff like that. All, all that stuff was still there. No, I'm talking about the the the, the bottom. Oh, the rare earth metals? Huh? The rare earth metals? No, that, no, no, no. The bottom section? It's, yeah, the, the bottom. The section. breakout section. Yeah, that one, those, those, used those to, are have all stayed the same. No, they changed. No, no, those have all I'm stayed the same. I'm pretty sure they no, changed. Those have all stayed the same. Are you sure? Maybe yeah, I'm, I'm sure. just an old, uh, idiot. No, I'm I'm sure they've all stayed the same. Swore at least I swore at least like the last couple ones used to look like the ones on top. I don't think so. Who knows? Uh, I do. And you're wrong. Where is this one? <laughs> this one has a bunch of pictures. I like pictures. <laughs> Let's go back to uh, talk about the uh, lunar colony. Oh, yeah. We totally went on a big old tangent there. <laughs> this is like the fourth time. Hey, we're having a good time. We're chilling. Yeah, it's already 9 o'clock. All so. right. So I believe we were at the... Well, we pretty much talked about this. It'll be really cool to get a mining, permanent mining thing on the moon. Um, it, just the amount of things we can learn from that as, I mean, humanity. It's just it, the potential for... The amount of stuff we can learn from the moon is really a lot with the you know what that means too right huh. Joe? more jobs yeah Better i mean jobs. if it turns into like a big thing yeah but yeah right now it's just oh, experiments of course not dude imagine we send up like colonies of ships up to the moon to dude, do that'd stuff be cool. mining colonies well even the mars too they live up there for a couple months come yeah. back down with like a shit ton of just different <laughs> rocks imagine if we find an oil deposit up there I, I don't think so, because oil is, like, plant matter. Yes, that's true. And there's like, no plants on the moon. I mean, there could be used no, to, right? No. If it's, it was I doubt it. I really doubt it. I really doubt there was life on the moon. Ago. I know there was water on the moon, but I 
really doubt that there was life. Well, yeah, no, I was We just know saying. that there was life on Mars. Yes, that much is true. At least microbial life, which is really cool. So, I mean, maybe there was plants on Mars, and maybe there's an oil deposit on Mars. Hey, that'll... Someone should say that to uh, the Uni United States Congress, and then they'll be sure to send a mission up there. <laughs> <laughs> they love them some oil. Uh, oh, man. Anyway. Really claiming that oil, huh? Huh? U.S. really loves their oil. <laughs> Do you remember there was, like, a press conference with Trump when he was pulling his troops out of Saudi Arabia or something like that? Or maybe it wasn't Saudi. It was somewhere over there. And he was like, yeah, we're going to pull the troops out, but we're leaving enough people just to protect the oil. <laughs> <laughs> and he just said it, you know? He just blatantly yeah. said it. And it was like, everyone's like, oh, he said the quiet part out loud. But it was kind of funny. Anyway, um, you want to move on to the next thing? Or do you want to keep talking about this? They want to, and we can continue. There's still a little bit here. Well, I can read the rest of the article if you want. Yeah. I mean, it's up to you. So, as part of the contract, the company will collect a small amount of moon dust, uh, verify the collection, and transfer the ownership of that lunar regolith uh, to who? I guess to NASA? Space resources will be... Yeah, we already read that. Um, the ability to extract and use extraterrestrial... Yeah, we already read that. Uh, sorry. Probably sound like a broken record. Okay. The startup plans to demonstrate that they are able to land on the surface of the moon, South Pole, where resources and water ice are expected to be plentiful and collect those resources. So that's something cool. If they can collect the water and then melt it, they can split it into oxygen and hydrogen. And if, you know, they, like, take our... Uh, hydrogen engine concept they can literally make rocket fuel out of it or they could just freeze the oxygen and or not freeze it they can liquefy the oxygen and hydrogen and make rocket engines that way the boring way but well i mean here's the problem though they probably have well i mean the moon the moon i almost said the lunar uh <laughs> the moon has a limited amount of uh water just like we well, do so deserve so, but it's not going to run out anytime soon but the moon is a lot, it's a lot smaller so but it's still a lot bigger than you think yeah, no, I know, but, like, uh, just, you know, if we're talking about uh, glacier deposits on the moon, it's actually a lot more valuable to keep it there than to actually make it into... Well, I don't know about that. There's a lot of it. Is there? Yeah, oh, yeah. Oh. There's a there's quite a bit. It's not going to run out anytime soon. Well, yeah, because we haven't even touched it. Before. Yeah. So, imagine, imagine the other the thing moon... they could do is, through electrolysis, like I was talking about earlier, split the, the water into oxygen and hydrogen use the oxygen to breathe, use the hydrogen to power a heater. <laughs> I mean, yeah. yeah. They don't have to resupply with oxygen or stuff to heat the base. You could literally just use the hydrogen as like a, I mean, I don't know that you'd want to use the hydrogen as like a gas stove. No. No, 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 explosive. no. <laughs> no. But, uh, I mean, yeah. It, yeah. You know, it'd be cool, and I was thinking about it, like, this is, like, super-duper into the future, but hmm. imagine artificially making atmospheres, and say so you make an atmosphere on the moon. So the problem with that is the moon doesn't have enough gravity, but yes. we could do that with Mars. Yes, Mars. If we just plant a bunch of trees. All you gotta do is grab, uh, gra just grab a bunch of dirt from the Earth and put it on the moon, <laughs> and there you go. <laughs> just crash a bunch of spaceships into Mars. There we go. No, so there's been people talking about, like, literally crashing an asteroid into Mars to add more mass to it. Yeah. And if you literally add enough mass and generate enough heat, it'll terraform itself. Yeah. That'd be really cool. 
But not only they're that, also really expensive, and I don't know if it'll be worth it, but... Another thing that I was thinking about is, like, the, the one problem with Mars, right, being uh, behind us, right? Or is it the one in front? No, it's the one in front of us, right? Yeah, within the actual, like, view if of... If you're the, talking about, like, radius of orbit, it's behind us. Yeah, it's behind us, but, that's what I meant. But, I mean, it's not always... Behind us is relative in space. Yes, it's... <laughs> I in mean, terms of, when we're talking if, about we, if you're talking about the, the sun, sun as the origin, yes, sun then yes, the it's origin. behind yes, us. That's what I mean. Yeah. It, it, since Mars is behind us. Um, wasn't there a thing with it just being uh, a little bit, was it a little bit too cold or a little bit too warm? Uh, I think it's a little too cold, but yeah. I think the coldness, it's still within the Goldilocks zone. Yes, it is. But the coldness is just because of lack of atmosphere. Yes. And the reason there was a lack of atmosphere, or at least the theory, is because the magnetic field, for some reason, just stopped working. Which is kind of... It might just be because it didn't have enough mass to sustain itself. But which was that what I was... That was the I thing think that I was thinking was yeah. the mass. So if you just add more mass, it solves all the problems. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know that it does, but it'd be kind of cool to see what happens. Does Mars... I don't think Mars has... Mars has no moons, right? It has moons. It has moons? Yeah, it has um, Ike and... Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And there's one other... It's not Ganymede... No, it's not. That's that's a Jupiter's that's Jupiter. moon. No, that's Saturn. Ganymede and, is Saturn. Uh, no. Or some, no, I think it's Jupiter. Oh, yeah, I'm just in it. Um, no, no, it's Saturn. Ganymede no. is Because on Jupiter you have Io, Ganymede, Calypso. Titan is Jupiter. Titan. I thought Io was Saturn. One. No, Io no, is I, Jupiter. No, yeah, no, I'm just stupid. Io, Ganymede, those are all Jupiter. Bro, I'm just so stupid. <laughs> Hey, it's, it's just all, it's just all memorization. It's all memorization. So. I forget why. No, it, I think it's... Here, let me look. I think it's like Damus and Ike. Mars, moons. Uh, Phobos and Phob. Ike. And Ike? Is it Ike? You know, I was thinking about Phobos. Phobos and Damus. Okay. Ike, I don't... Ike, Ike is maybe Saturn. No, Titan is from Saturn. Yes, Titan is yeah. Saturn. Sorry, that just came into my head. I got some switch. I was saying yeah. Jupiter was Jupiter was Titan. Io, Callisto, Ganymede. I said Io. I thought Io was Saturn and uh, Titan was Jupiter. Yeah, it's the opposite. So, so yeah, Phobos and Deimos are the Mars. And the cool thing about Mars's moons, well, besides it having two, is one of them isn't. Actually, I don't think. I think both of them aren't perfect spheres. So that's kind of cool. Imagine looking up in the sky and seeing the moon. It's like oblong. So this is something that I'm wondering because I actually never knew and I don't think I actually researched it. Uh, why are some of the... <laughs> Joe's signaling me to move closer. <laughs> and I, could, I could see it on the you screen. You can see me go like this? I, no, not this. Oh, okay. No, not that high. Uh, but why are some of the planets blue? Is that because it's the ocean? Because water. Water? Or like uh, in terms of Uranus. Um. Or Neptune, it's just because of the gas compound. The gas. Well, on Earth, the, another reason it's blue is because of the oxygen. Yes, the oxygen. Yes. So, I don't know what the chemical compound of Uranus and Neptune are off the top of my head. One's like a light bluish green, and yeah. one's like a dark blue. One's the dark. I believe the dark I think blue Uranus one is, is dark blue. Nep Neptune. <laughs> we both just said the opposite. No, I'm pretty sure it's Neptune. Let me look it up. Let the reason why up. it's Neptune is because... Neptune. Oh, yeah, you're right. Yeah. So Uranus is the kind of blue-gray, blue-gray-green. 
Uranus. Th that was the reason why it was called Neptune. Is Neptune? Yeah, Uranus seat. is like the. Yeah, kind of like a cloudy blue, gray, green. So I'm wondering if uh, the reason why it's actually called Neptune. Well, I mean, it was called Neptune because it, it's a dark blue, and you know, it reminds people of the ocean. But is it yeah, because an ocean? well, the Romans named them. Yes. I don't know why we still use those names, but eh, whatever. I don't care. They're cool names. I think a bunch of the moons are named after uh, Roman gods, too. Like, um, Deimos and Phobos and... Yeah, I so think, yeah, it's, I think it's Callisto Gash. and Ganymede... Yes. I don't know about Ganymede, but Callisto is definitely a Roman god. You know, now I, I feel like an idiot because uh, it's literally part of the gas planet. What? Yeah. I don't know why... <laughs> What? What? You didn't real? What do you mean? <laughs> no, I just it kind of slipped my mind that it was a gas planet for a second. And that's okay. that's why I asked if it was water in there. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> I was. <laughs> I don't know why. I was just. It's I, past my mind. It was I didn't gas even planet. remember you said that. To be honest. Yeah, it was just the yeah, Neptune of the ocean. Yeah. <laughs> you seriously? Dude, I, I totally forgot. Yeah. So uh, it it's actually. Dude, I don't know why I forgot it was, but yeah. Yeah, so no, it's, it's just because the gas is in the in the atmosphere. Its atmosphere is methane. Oh. Yeah. So the reason why it's actually uh, it's actually blue is because of the result of the absorption of uh, the red. It's the same temporary. reason our planet's blue, but with ours is oxygen. Yeah, but it's yeah, it, it's. Well, we yeah. have methane in the atmosphere too. We also have nitrogen and oxygen. Well, it's the absorption of the red and infrared light by yeah the, yeah from the sun. Not, the sun's not absorbing it. Neptune's, or, yeah, Neptune's absorbing it. Yeah, Neptune is absorbing the light of Neptune. Yeah, and it, it's reflecting more blue light. Yes, because yeah. of the methane. That's the same the reason the sky's blue here, is the oxygen absorbs more of the, those longer wavelengths and reflects a lot more of the shorter wavelengths. And it's similar with, uh, with Neptune's methane. Yeah, similar concept. All right. Well, do you want to switch into the new Spider-Man movie real quick? Because we got well, actually, I'm ten minutes at, left. I'm looking at a picture of Neptune, and I'm seeing a, a little white in there too, a little little gas storm with a white center, and I'm wondering what that is. Uh, probably a little gas storm with a white center. Well, yeah, but like, what type of gas? Is <laughs> I have no idea, man. Like, um, I have not know. studied Neptune in any great depth. I don't think many people have. I'm sure quite a few. Scientists. Yeah. I'm not a scientist. I mean, I might call myself an engineer sometimes, but I'm not a scientist. All right. I know some things about some things, but Let's not about Neptune. Go ahead and go back to the actual big, the big, uh, just camera instead of just. Okay. Uh, oh, you're still on the screen. Huh? You're still on the screen. I, I was on the double camera where it showed the camera and the screen. Yeah. Okay. But now I put it back to the camera. All right. You well? Do you want to switch seats and you can talk about Spider-Man? I was just kind of talking about it uh, back here. Oh, that's fine. Future okay, show. talk about it. Um, so, uh, well, uh, you you saw you saw the commercial. Or I did. Not the commercial, but the, the trailer. sneak peek trailer. Yeah. Yes. Uh, so, what did you think about it? What did you think about I, it? It was. Kind of... that was mm, I. Eh. Well, did you I see just anything? the whole premise that Doctor Strange tried to just rewrite reality and then just messed it up. It's kind of a dumb premise. 
Well, yeah, but I mean, like, what what about uh, in the movie caught your interest? Like, what was there a certain part that uh, you thought was very interesting? Well, I really liked the dynamic of Peter Parker trying to, like, you know, avoid everybody and having his whole life turned upside down. I think that's a really interesting dynamic because everyone knows he's Spider-Man, but and, and everyone thinks that he killed uh, Peter Quill. Or, no, not Peter Quill. Um, <laughs> Mysterio. <laughs> Mysterio. What's the guy's name? I forget. Um, anyway, it doesn't matter. But I like that whole dynamic because it. I think it re- creates a really interesting problem that they have to get through. But then they just went the shortcut way. And then that created a whole giant problem. So I really hope in the movie they... But I know they're not going to because the whole first part of the movie is just going to be him complaining about how his life been turned upside down and all the stuff that's happening like that. And then probably like, I don't know, 30 minutes into the movie, he's going to go to Doctor Strange and the whole thing's going to start, maybe even sooner than that. And that whole thing's going to start and then they're you know going to have to... And then, yeah, so... I don't know how Doc Ock and the Green Goblin kind of come in at the end. That's, that was kind of random. Electra as well. Oh, there was Electra too? Yes. I didn't see that. Yeah, it, it was very hard to see. Subtle. It was, oh. it was yeah, you, Electra was in there. So I like the whole Sinister, thick, six, Sinister Six That's thing, exactly my point, what but I was going to say. it was just felt kind of forced. Like, why did that get put in there? Well, okay, I'm sure so that, I'm, I, I hope they explain it better and, like, put in the movie, like, some more seamless transition than just, oh, they're here now. Well, it was mostly involved with the multiverse was what it was. Explained. Yeah, but it, it was just kind of like out of the nowhere. Doctor Strange was just like, oh, we don't know anything about the multiverse. And then it was like Green Goblin, uh, Electro, and then Doc Ock. It was just like... Well, then we know kinda... we know who the other Spider-Man are going to come in, the, the, the other two. Yeah, it's just... Yeah. So they're probably... It just felt forced to me. It felt forced. Well, I mean, it is just the trailer. It's just showing sneak yeah, peek and I all hope, the enemies and all I that. I really hope they can cramp because that sounds that's like three plot points right there. You got the dynamic of Peter Parker and everyone finding out he's Spider Man, and his life being turned upside down. Then you've got the dynamic of Doctor Strange ripping apart this reality in the space time continuum, and then you've also got the dynamic of the multiverse, which introduces Doc Ock, uh, the Sinister Six, and all the other Spider Mans. So. That's a lot of plot points to what? A one and a half hour movie? Well, that depends. I was actually thinking it was going to be like three hours. Yeah, if it's a you. long movie and they can pull that off well, hey, power to them. But I'm just worried that it's a lot of stuff to yes. fit into not a major Avengers movie. Okay, you can't say it's a not a major Avengers movie just with the reception of the last two movies. Well... It's not. It's not the Avenger title. It's a Spider-Man movie. It's yes, supposed it to be is. about Spider-Man yes, mostly, Spider-Man and that's a lot of content for just a single character main character movie. You yeah. know, there was only ever one plot point in Iron Man or Thor. Yes, there was one enemy. There that was they had one to... plot point, and like in um. Well, not one enemy. Yeah. What What was the movie that they tried to cram, cram a bunch of stuff into, and it just didn't work out? Which movie was that one? Is a Marvel movie? It was a Marvel movie. What was it about? I I can't remember which one it was. Um, was it one of the major ones? One maybe it wasn't a Marvel movie. 
I think you're talking about like a DC movie. Maybe I'm talking about something. Yeah, I'm talking about the DC movie where they just Spider-Man tried to cram too many things into one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a yeah. terrible movie. Yeah, that was awful. <laughs> That's I. I just hope it doesn't become like that. You know, where they like a, they have all these different ideas where they could make like three separate movies about it, but then they just cram it all into one and kind of gloss over a bunch of cool stuff. And so. Yeah, that's I what just, I was actually thinking I, about. I don't want them to try to so hard to cram all of this stuff into it that, you know, it just yeah makes it a bad movie. That's what I was actually, that was going to be my next point to add until you actually covered it with your point was, you know, they could make it something like the Harry Potter Deathly Hallows where it's part one and part two, uh, in which, you know, I, they're each not going to do has, that, though. Huh? I don't think they're going to do that. Well, yeah, but I mean, like... They I'm could, yeah, they could the end the premise. movie on a cliffhanger and put another one, but I don't think... That's not what they have in the lineup, though. No, they... they, they I don't think they've ever done that, I don't think they ever will, but I'm just talking about a point yeah. uh, in which, you know, uh, they leave they leave one... The main focus is to defeat the one villain, uh, but, you know, there's other small targets that they have to hit in order to actually beat the yeah, main target. Yeah, but this one, it just feels like there's three distinctly separate... Well, yes. at least two distinctly separate plots. Yes, you've yes, got the yes, multiverse, yes. multiverse and then Peter and Parker's then... problem. Well, I think the I think what they're trying to convey with the actual Peter Parker's like own dilemma is is just like kind of like a hook, kind of, uh, in a sense, to like the actual movie. So, what I thought they were gonna do, I thought like in the first fifteen minutes of the movie, they were gonna have solved Peter's problem and then move on to something else. That's what I thought was gonna happen. Well, I mean, it's kind of a big problem, you know. It's like. You know, everyone in the world knows. Oh, you know, oh, look, it's Spider-Man, but now yeah, they know well, his know. identity, so it's yeah. a lot bigger than you think it is. Yeah, which I'm glad they went that route. I hope they don't gloss over it, and they kind of relish in it. But at the same time, that's going to make it like a three-hour movie if they do that. Yeah, no, that's that's when I was. But it seems about like it. they've got a lot of content for that, yes. and they don't have a lot of content for the latter stuff. So is it just going to be like all talking for like an hour and then thirty minutes of action? Well, I was th- I was just actually... senseless hit, like action. Well, I think instead, I think what they were trying to convey with the different enemies was that either like a new Sinister Six or, or something like that is gonna happen. Even may it may even uh, be that Mysterio comes back because you know how in the comics he always yeah. comes back and you know it's all this. Like, yeah. It might it might come back with the the multiverse where he comes back somehow with the multiverse time continuum. Yeah, I, I don't something. know. I don't know. It'll definitely be interesting. And we'll just have to see if they can pull it off. That's Who's coming in December, it? right? It's coming I, I in think December. so. Wh- who's directing it? Fucking <laughs> Imax. Oh, well. If you want to look it up, we you can. But, I mean, we're pretty much... Um, if you want to talk, keep talking about this a little more, we're, I mean, we're getting close on time. Yeah, we're, we're about done with it. I mean, uh, but let's talk about Splitgate now. Splitgate? Uh, so, do you know what it's about? It's like Portal and Halo, right? Yes, Together. that's what people... Yes. I actually haven't personally tried. Didn't it we talk about it last time too? Well, we we were saying ideas and thoughts to yeah. everybody else, but that's not what I meant by that. Oh. I meant by you, but we were ending it. Sorry, man. But we oh yeah, we asked asked the audience about what they thought about Splitgate, huh? But yeah, nobody I, commented anything. Well, that's because nobody watched it. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was talking about like out of us, what did uh-huh. everyone? That's what I meant, but oh, okay. it didn't come out that way. I guess uh, that was my bad. Um, but what what is your opinion about it? Just by just hearing I've never about played it. it. Um, yeah, well, it yeah, looked like it. a really cool concept, but I just heard that it just fell fell apart, kind of. Well, like I said before, it was just the servers fell apart due to the amount of people trying to play it. Um, but because uh, it was made by five people, uh, mm. but 
just Spl- Splitgate in itself is awesome concept. Um, I saw a little bit of gameplay about it. Mm. it. It's very interesting. I suggest you watch some. It's actually it has I've some, some very yeah. interesting. Uh, which which content. is the guy that you watch that goes like the master flank, the portal flank. Oh, Zanny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, what's Zanny? Yeah. Yeah, you showed me a bunch of his videos, and I saw some of his videos too. Zanny's a great. All right. Well, it's that time. Um, how many viewers did we end up having? Huh? How many viewers did we end up having? I actually have no idea. Well, let's check it out. Uh, just make sure the screen's not on. No, it is. It's, it's on, on me. It, yeah. Okay. We got ten playbacks. Oh wow. We have six hours watch time. Six hours watch time. That's what I said. That's pretty good. I think. That's better than our first six episode. Six minutes and thirty-three seconds. Oh, is it? No, I don't think it is. The double dots mean that it's uh, hours. Wait, let me see. Yes, it, it's. I was joking. I think that's six, six minutes. minutes. <laughs> no, I, I was joking. Six minutes. I um, think that's six minutes. No, it's not. Are you sure? Yes, it's it's. It, if if you're looking at it from the a watch, portion, because it goes. Yeah, hours, I know. Double I'm, dot minutes. I'm pretty sure that's dot. minutes. I'm pretty sure that's minutes. No, it's not. I, okay. I can prove it to you. Okay. I can prove it okay. to you. Okay. If you go to a stopwatch. Well, it does it. Yeah. Well, I know, but YouTube might Look. just do it differently. Oh, well, I guess, yeah. I guess, I don't know. Yeah, that's minutes, seconds, not not seconds and no, microseconds. I think hours, minutes. You think it's hours, minutes? Well, anyway, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It we're gonna, doesn't we're gonna, matter whatsoever. We're going to end it here. We're so, talking about nothing. Um, thank you guys so much for tuning in. We'll see you next Monday. Um, I've been Josie's. Uh, this is Cameron Bowman. <laughs> You can follow me on Instagram at joe.seesall. And make sure you hit subscribe, notification bell, smash that like button. Comments in the section below, you know, whatever you guys want to comment. Uh, We're talking about some cool stuff. So we get most of our views on the after plays, like the replays. So if you're watching this later, just let us know what you thought. Let us know how the audio sounded. Let us know if you miss Matthew. Um, Nobody misses Matthew. (laughs) Poor Matthew. All right. You have anything to plug? Uh, no, I don't have any social media that I would like to share. Right. Other than subscribe, subscribe to Shonen Trooper 2.0. 2. 2. <laughs> yeah. right. uh, no, sure so his channel knows. and Project Guardian channel, they're, they're, they're both yeah. in the uh, like, in this. I think they're linked. The they're linked as channels in the channel page. Yes. So check those out. They're real cool. Um, those are like, well, Clone Troopers Matthew's thing. Project Guardian's my thing. He hasn't posted in there in a while. Yeah, he hasn't. 